Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Calling all detectives. When a wealthy man wanted to buy himself a background... What he got was a background of murder. That is the situation on this page for my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. A private detective like me, Jerry Browning, knows that some cases are easier to sew up than others. The man sitting alongside me in my car was Henry Sutton. A brand new client and a very new rich gent. Years ago, I bought lots of timberland. Cheap. Now everybody needs wood. So just like that, I'm wealthy. It's uh, a nice feeling, Brownie. Hey, that's our turn. Pull into the lane. Gotta walk the rest of the way. This is how Maud, uh, I mean Mrs. Sutton, described the place. She read about it in the newspaper. Some reporter ran into it by accident, told how Miss Johanna Gibson, the owner, won't sell to everybody, but she does have quilts made even before the Revolution. Now, uh, I don't know anything about antiques, Barney. That's why I hired you, to see that I don't get rooked. I started to follow Sutton out of the car, but he motioned me back. Uh-uh. You wait here a few minutes. I'll go in alone, butter the old gal up. Yeah, you stay here about ten minutes. Then you come in just like another customer and give me the high sign if I'm not getting the real McCoy. But, Mr. Sutton, why do you buy in a place you suspect might be a jib joint? I ain't suspicious, just careful. The missus wants us to crash society, and she says what you need for that is a background. So I'm going to buy me a background, junk like we might have lugged over on the Mayflower. I'll buy the whole shebang. I'm going to make my wife a pillar of society if it kills me. And this old Gibson gal, if she's got the authentic stuff, she'll sell it to me even if it kills her. I was hired by wealthy Henry Sutton to help him buy a background so that he and his wife could step up the social ladder. I waited the ten minutes, then walked up the long, winding lane to the Gibson house. About halfway there, I heard someone digging. It was a workman in faded dungarees. When he saw me, he dropped his shovel. Don't go up to the house, mister. Just left there. Things is rough. Oh, Miss Gibson's real mean today. For no reason at all, she fired me. Think of it. Me, who's worked for him 30 years. But Miss Charlotte, the young and nicer than Johanna, she whispers to me, Luke Jenkins, that's my name, Luke Jenkins, don't you fret. I'll talk to Johanna, straighten things out. You just go ahead, dig in the trash pit, and when my sister calms down, she'll take you back. That's what she said, mister. But I told Miss Charlotte I'm not going to go back. I'll do this job for Miss Charlotte, and then I'll skedaddle. 
Luke turned back to his digging. It was an awfully big dig for rubbish. Well, maybe the Gibsons had a lot of trash. Maybe they needed a pit six feet deep. I shrugged, started to walk on. And when I looked back from the next turn, Luke's stocky figure had disappeared. But I forgot about Luke. But just then, Henry Sutton came dashing down the lane. Rowling, something terrible has happened. That Johanna Gibson is a she-devil. Said I didn't look worthy of owning her blame stuff. So I got sore and told her them quilts she has for sale look like rag bags with stitches. She pranced out of the room. I heard her fighting with someone named Luke, and then I didn't hear anything. All right. So we go back to town. Come on. Nope. Them things were really good. I won them. You try it this time. We walked back to the house. The antiques on display were all pretty horrible, except for some really fine quilts and cross-stitch samplers. But I wasn't looking at them. I was looking for trouble with a crotchety old lady. I found more than I expected. She was sitting in a kitchen chair next to the open back door. With her gray hair and black percale dress, she made a quaint picture. Only there was something very wrong with that picture. Johanna Gibson had been strangled to death. Sutton gulped, turned away from the corpse. Browning, let's get out of here. Not now, we don't, Sutton. But, uh, but it looked like I did it. I was alone with the old hag. We had that fight. Oh, this would kill more. Sutton, this isn't the first time I've heard you use the word kill. You said Miss Gibson had sell to you if it killed her. I started reading the riot act to Sutton when we heard footsteps coming downstairs. We waited. And a little old lady walked into the room. She was the living image of the dead Johanna Gibson. Miss Charlotte. From the doorway, she smiled at us shyly, said she'd heard our voices. Perhaps she could help. She knew that Sister Johanna was sometimes, well, not too pleasant to deal with. Then she saw the body. Tears streamed down from under her thick glasses. I heard her whisper, almost as if she were thinking out loud. The whisper was one word. Luke. I walked over to the wall telephone. The sheriff said he'd be there within five minutes. And he was as good as his word. Better, because he brought Luke with him. Picked him up less than a mile from here. Was walking awful fast. Suspicious-like. Luke was sullen. She'd fired me. What's use hanging around when the job's done? Nobody answered that question because the sheriff had started to get busy with a little fingerprinting kit. This here's a professional-type case. We got to go at it scientific. Browning, are you going to let this man do this to me? Why, he doesn't know his left hand from his right. Oh, great. That speech of Sutton certainly set him in solid with the sheriff. Solid as in iron bars. But it gave me an idea. It's the sheriff's duty to take all fingerprints. I'll even go first. There were no more protests. And when the sheriff had finished with me, I turned to Luke and Miss Charlotte. And while we're at it, mind letting me see your hands? They held them out, palms up. Luke's hands were worn and work-hardened. Miss Charlotte's were soft. Except for the tip of the middle finger on her left hand. That was covered with hundreds of ingrained black dots. I tried a long shot. Miss Charlotte, how did your eyes get so bad? She didn't answer. I kept at it. Miss Charlotte, those expensive heirloom quilts, they've been in the Gibson family for generations, I suppose. She didn't answer that either. She didn't have to. Her frightened face gave her away. Those black dots on your finger tell the whole story, Miss Charlotte. You made the quilts, but your sister foisted on the public as genuine antiques. No wonder she was fussy about whom she sold to. 
Only the unsuspecting could be her customers. Yeah, she got the glory, the profit, while you were getting blind. And today, when she quarreled with Luke, you let him think you were going to talk up for him. Instead, you murdered Johanna, planned to use that garbage pit for her burial. Well, Miss Charlotte confessed, and that was that. It was also the end of my client's social climbing. Like I said, some crimes are more easily sewn up than others, especially when you can needle a murderer into a confession. 